This group of people is very important in the church life. You've invested quite a bit into the church life, and we've invested quite a bit into you. And so uh, we consider that you're a very important group of people, and we would hate to see you not going on in a good and proper way. And I began to have quite a bit of burden for those that are working, the young working saints. In the year 2004, in Taiwan, we had fellowship with the saints, and we said we need to pass the baton to the next generation because when Brother Lee went to Taiwan, we were the age where our sons are now at that same age. And so it's almost like one generation is gone. But uh, where is this group that used to pick up the baton by, from Brother Lee? And where is this group now that we have in the Lord's recovery? And so something has been done, I would say, the last three years in slowly paying attention to this group of saints. But I think that there is not enough attention being paid to this group of saints uh, in a particular way. We have the young people service, we have the children's meeting service, we have the college service, and then we have the full-time training. What one brother called the pipeline. Well, the pipeline is good, but there's 95% of the people that are outside the pipeline. And what are we going to do with those people? And actually, those people, the church has invested a lot into them. They have invested themselves a lot into the Lord's recovery. And so we're quite burdened to help this group to go on in a good way. Well, recently, there has been some shifts um, in the full-time work in Austin and Lord's Move to Europe and so forth. Um, and that puts a lot of consideration into the work of the full-timers. But the work of the full-timers really occupies only about 5 or 10% if you talk about FTTA graduates, 95% that are not full-timers, that are working, but they're still in the church life, and something has been deposited into them. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I rounded up a few brothers, and I shared the burden with them, and they responded to the burden. And... Uh, we began to have some prayer together. And I want this prayer burden to spread. I want to see not just five or six, which was that number, to pray together. I want to see 30 or 50. In fact, I want to see two or 3,000. The number that Dennis gave me was the FTTA including the part-time that have passed through the FTTA, has 2,500. I like to see at least this group of people 
having a more intensified bl- blending together to pray for your place in the church life, in the Lord's recovery. And in 2004, when I told the brothers that the baton has to get into your hand, but you have to realize what that baton is. And when Brother Lee, he went to Taiwan and he passed on the baton to us, number one, it was the truth. He opened up the Recovery Version Bible. And today, how many of us have gotten into the Recovery Version Bible and the life study? And so I challenged them to read one life study starting then. And up till now, they're starting on Galatians. They finished the entire Old Testament. They finished all the gospel. One message a day. And in five years, you finish all of that. That's the first thing, the matter of the truth. Then, brotherly went there, and he passed on the baton about having a new way of meeting and serving. That's the God-ordained way. On a new way to serve. Years ago, when we want somebody to serve the Lord, the only way is for him to be a speaker or to take some lead in the meeting. Well, over, all, over these years, we realize that what produces the leading brothers are those that in an organic way, in a grassroots way, take care of people, opening up their homes and have good, successful home meetings, and eventually they evolve to become the real leading ones to take care of the church life. And that's what we need. And certainly, of course, there's a full-time training, and it perfected a lot of people, and then sent them out to different countries. So... Um, since then, more has developed on what do the young people really need? What do the ones who have passed through the training and are not serving full-time, what, do they, what kind of living do they need to have? They shouldn't have a living that is different from the full-timers. It's a very fallen concept to consider that the first choice is full-time, then the second choice is not full-time. It just put yourself in a category that you excuse yourself from a lot of things. Um, when Brother Lee said, there are two kinds of full-timers, the money-making full-timer and the job-dropping full-timer. Well, we do have some job-dropping full-timers. But I haven't seen a whole lot of money-making full-timers. Do you pursue the tr- truth in the same way as the job-dropping full-timers? Do you manage your finance in the same way as the job-dropping full-timers? Do you have to be accountable in your time in the same way as the job-dropping full-timers? Taking into uh, account that the challenge of picking up a job, of raising up a family, 
These are real challenges. And we take that into account. But having taken that into account, does that mean that you can settle for a second-class Christian life? A, a great B full-timer? Well, that's something that I'm quite burdened about. And so, in God's eyes, a person passed through the training, he should be no different whether he takes up a job or whether he has two toddlers with him than those that are going to Ukraine or to Africa. It should be the same when Bradley said, money-making full-timer and job-dropping full-timer. It means both of them live a consecrated life. And so, um, in my fellowship, maybe I'll just read this fellowship to you. Um, I share about this burden, and I ask the brothers to pray about this burden. Pray about this burden. Pray until a group of people have been raised up that have a different manner of life. You know, that's what is touched in this training. It talks about a vain manner of life, and then opposed to that, you have the good manner of life, the excellent manner of life, and the holy manner of life. It has to do with the way we live, our living. And uh, it's a big science there. How you live, how you live. And uh, when you say, I take up a job, it's almost like psycho psychologically, you sign off and say, nobody controls my life, I control my life. Well, not true. Um, when you're in the training, you get 12 roll calls a day, am I right, Dennis? 12 roll calls a day. 12 roll calls. 12 roll calls a day. Well, when you're a full-timer, you wouldn't think much when you get a roll call and say you got to fill up some checklist. But once you start having your own job, your own apartment, or your own house, and then your own baby, then subconsciously, you think your life is in your hand. You think your life is in your hand. Well, what makes you different than somebody else who now say that, well, he has decided to go full-time to go to Europe. In fact, if you're not consecrated in your time and in your money and in the way you live, it makes very little difference if you say, I changed my cap. And instead of being the CEO, now I'm a full-timer serving in France. It makes very little difference if your living is not changed. It's, uh, to put it the other way, if you're not a full-timer and you're not serving in France, but when you get up in the morning, it's like a full-timer. You have to answer to the Lord, and you have to answer to a checklist and you have to get up a certain hour, even though you have those baby crying, and uh, everybody is rushing 
to get the breakfast ready and to get out of the door, still, you're on a schedule. And then, you have to make your reading of the truth every day. And if you don't make it, then you have to make up tomorrow. And then whether you like it or you don't like it, Thursday is the time when you go out and visit people and knock on door. Well, you can still be your CEO, no problem. But in effect, in reality, you are a full-timer. You are a full-timer. And a full-timer, when he buys a car, he said, I'm a full-timer. I better pray about it. And if I buy a Mercedes, somebody may, may criticize me. And so I got to consider what is appropriate for a full-timer. Now, you're not a full-timer. So when you buy a car, you say, I don't have to pray that much because it's my car. What made you think that it's your car? What gives you the right to think that it's your car? It's just because you got that money from IBM that makes you think that you're, you're eligible to use that money your way. Well, I'm just saying something to expose, to expose where we are. We say that we're money-making full-time, but we're making, we're making money all right. But I doubt if we're living the full-timer's life. And that's what I'm burdened about. I'm not burdened that you go back to Grace Garden. Some people say, oh, if I only can have, get rid of my two kids, if I can only get rid of that job, that job is such a burdensome thing. Well, you either be a full-timer right at that job or you're not a full-timer, or you're, you're either an overcomer at that job or you're not an overcomer. It's one thing to go to the Grace Garden to get trained. It's another thing to use Grace Garden as an escape. It's just because you can handle, you can handle the challenge of the family. You can handle the challenge of the job. Yeah, it's sure a great, great challenge to be an overcomer with the job. I would say it's a greater challenge. It may be a greater challenge. It, it may be a greater challenge. Comparing job dropping full timer and money making full time. But we need to raise up this generation. And we have four or five full time serving ones. I like to raise up two or three thousand money making full timers. Well, let me read you some of these things that we were talking about. An observation. Those who have gone to the training they need a way to follow their com- commitment. We all got a commitment, all of you sitting here. You know something? If you're never committed, you, you won't have a problem if you're just a Sunday goer. If you have committed yourself, that means consecrated yourself once, you won't be satisfied by being just a Sunday goer. You won't be satisfied by a whole hum church life. Because you have consecrated yourself.
But because you don't have a way, and you just going to a church meeting as a routine, slowly, I tell you what, when you lose your service, you also lose your Christian life. When you don't get actively serving in a place, giving yourself to taking care of some people, really picking up the service as a full-timer in the real way, you can't even hang on to the church life. For a person who has never committed himself, who has never consecrated himself, he can do that. And I've seen a lot that can do that. But for a person who has consecrated himself, he can't do that. It's You can't stay in the middle. You're either up there or you're down somewhere. You are a person who has a goal in life and you can't just eat, drink, and be merry. So if you're not given to the Lord's recovery, you've got to give yourself to do a project, to make a lot of money, to support a big mortgage, or to do something, you know, a proper human goal, not just get drunk. The correct word for commitment is consecration. 